If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a one-time or reoccurring donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate tab in the menu. Donations made to Mayflower's Communications Fund are tax-deductible and help ensure that this podcast is available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City by the Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, senior minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie. Good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. Will you pray with me? We've made some promises and set some intentions for this new year, Holy One. Drink more water, journal daily, take our vitamins, play outside, regular Sabbath from social media, read one chapter of a book every day, go to church. Apparently, we start next Sunday. Lest we already be discouraged, we cling to the first creation story, the one that starts in the beginning. As it turns out, even in the story, things evolved rather than happened all at once. The story frames it in seven days, but it's clear that you're still working on the world and still inviting us to roll up our sleeves and join in. Remind us, Holy One, that you have already declared us good. Be with us as we live into our given name. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 1 through 14. At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again I will build you, and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Again you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again you shall plant vineyards in the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. For there shall be a day when sentinels will call in the hill country of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. For thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, Save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. 
See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together, a great company. They shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will lead them, I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble, for I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands for far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd a flock, for the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. I shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. Here ends the reading from our tradition. May God grant to us wisdom and courage for interpretation. Well, we've made it to day two of this new year, and this is the time of year we hear more prophecy than at any other time. Predictions and forecasting about what is to come right now. Everything from personal transformations to Democrats losing their majorities in the U.S. House and Senate to the U.S. Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade to another designation by the World Health Organization of another variant of concern, all to happen by this year's end. So, it feels right that we are reading from a book of prophecy this morning. And we might be tempted to use it as a rallying cry for a hopeful future. I mean, you heard it. It is really a lovely passage of inclusion and restoration. As scholar R.E. Clements observes, the text spells out with some moving and memorable word pictures what this restoration of Israel will mean in human terms. It provides a new beginning and renewed protection for the weak as well as the strong. It brings renewed prosperity and happiness to a suffering people. In this text, we hear echoes of the familiar 23rd Psalm, I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. It is lovely. So, of course, I have to be a stick in the mud about it. We are, of course, committed to being biblically honest. So I must tell you that if we were grading this prediction for content and accuracy, we would need to bust out the dreaded red teacher pin and put a large, obvious capital F at the top of this chapter of Jeremiah. It is an excellent example of a failed prophecy. This is a passage that presents one of God's promises that did not come true. It just didn't, not in Jeremiah's time, not for those people. 
Dr. Ingrid Lilly puts the passage we read in context. Jeremiah chapters 30 through 33 are known as Jeremiah's little book of consolation. The first two chapters are saturated with promises made to the northern kingdom, for at that time Israel had divided into two kingdoms, ultimately making both both more, more vulnerable. But the northern kingdom was swept into history with its exile in the 8th century. The promises we read in the first verses of this text that again you will plant vineyards in the mountains of Samaria and the sentinels shall call in the hill country of Ephraim, those promises, they were not fulfilled. The exile did not end. And not only that, in their exile, the northern kingdom was forcefully repopulated by Assyrians, their homes replaced by other refugees from other reaches of the vast, far, near eastern empire, and they never returned home. Indeed, it seems that most of the northern kingdom remained exiled in Syria and Babylonia. So now that we know the before and the after, I mean, we just sucked all the hope right out of the text. If that's what happened to them, is there really any hope for us in 2022? In light of this text, it, it seems like um, the idea of clinging to hope for this year, that the world will turn, that things will begin to look up, that things will be made right, well... I'm just not sure. When we throw in that historical context, it sounds like we perhaps need to start digging bunkers and stockpiling canned foods and just make masks of a permanent facial feature instead of believing that we will find the collective will to do what needs to be done to end this pandemic. I mean, the, the lectionary just really nailed it or really failed it, depending but I think what is more important for us to look at at this particular moment is to consider actually taking this failed prophecy seriously. What if we did that? What if we took this failed prophecy seriously? If we take seriously this failed prophecy, then we might also take seriously St. Augustine's theory that without God, we cannot, and without us, God will not. It gives us the chance to really focus in on what direction we must set out towards. It is a prophecy that has not been fulfilled, yet it is waiting on us. If we take seriously that the blind and the lame did not make it home in this text, then we must be committed to making our own homes and our own houses of worship a haven for all bodies, not just some bodies or able bodies. If we take seriously that those with child and those in labor were left behind, then we will figure out 
paid child leave and support for mothers who want or who need to return to the workforce, and we will make maternal health a priority. If we take seriously that the people are still scattered, that paths have not been made straight, then we will take stock of what we need to forgive and how we need forgiveness. We will not get into fights with internet strangers. We will double check our math, our resources, and we will come to a conversation in humility. If we take seriously that the earth is not yet like the watered garden described in the text, then we will make a change, any change, that will bring us closer to Jeremiah's vision, opting for that which is renewable and reusable, anything that means less waste, more recycling. When we look at Jeremiah's prophecy, we see a prophecy not yet come into its time. But perhaps that time is now. We can read this failed prophecy as inspiration, a prompt to face what lies ahead with courage and to look in hope to the future. So this morning, I will read from another prophet, one from our day. Listen now to the words of Amanda Gorman, a poem titled New Day's Lyric, which we can hear as a prophecy. May this be the day we come together. Morning, we come to mend. Withered, we come to weather. Torn, we come to tend. Battered, we come to better. Tethered by this year of yearning, we are learning that though we weren't ready for this, we have been readied by it. We steadily vow that no matter how we are weighed down, we must always pave a way forward. This hope is our door, our portal. Even if we never get back to normal, someday we can venture beyond it to leave the known and take the first steps. So let us not return to what was normal, but reach towards what is next. What was cursed, we will cure. What was plagued, we will prove pure. Where we tend to argue, we will try to agree. Those fortunes we forswore, now the future we foresee. Where we weren't aware, we're now awake. Those moments we missed are now those moments we make, the moments we meet. And our hearts, once all together beaten, now all together beat. Come, look up with kindness yet, for even solace can be sourced from sorrow. We remember not just for the sake of yesterday, but to take on tomorrow. We heed this old spirit in a new day's lyric. In our hearts we hear it, for auld lang syne, my dear, for auld lang syne. Be bold, sang time this year. Be bold, sang time. For when you honor yesterday, tomorrow ye will find. Know what we've fought need not be forgot, nor for none. It defines us, binds us one, 
Come over, join this day just begun, for wherever we come together, we will forever overcome. May it be so. Amen. You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, Senior Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 10 a.m. with Sunday school classes for all ages at 9 a.m. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.